This is the Korean Thrive Podcast, episode 192, Roadmap to Success with Katie Miller. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. G'day Thrivers, Jess here and welcome to the show for another week. It's awesome to be back with you in your ears talking to you about handmade business. And this week my guest is Katie Miller of Katie Miller Ceramics and she has a fantastic story. She has achieved so much in a couple of years and it's pretty phenomenal. I cannot wait to share that with you today. But before we dive in, have you ever found yourself thinking things like, I wish I had a step-by-step guide to everything I need to do to get my handmade business up and running or my business is doing okay but I want it to grow faster or perhaps I'm willing to work hard but I'm not quite sure what I could work on next or maybe even I really want to be part of a mastermind of makers who are serious about growing their businesses. If so, I have very good news for you and that is My educational hub and membership community for makers, The Thriver Circle, is opening for membership next week for just a couple of days. At the moment, I only open the doors four times a year for a couple of days at a time. So if you have been waiting, now is your opportunity. If you want a thriving, profitable, handmade business that allows you to live your dream, The Thriver Circle exists to give you step-by-step guidance and support to make it happen sooner. That is why I created it. And inside the circle, you'll get obviously access to me, to our amazing community, to over 30 video workshops specifically for handmade business, to all of the members-only podcast episodes I've released over the past year. You'll also get access to, very importantly, my course, Your Year to Thrive. It is a massive, epic year-long course that covers everything I wish I'd known or wish I (laughs) had sorted out in my first five years of business. It's developed specifically to take you right from the beginning and right through every step of the way, all of the things that you need to do to make sure that you're on track, you've got the right business model, you're doing things for the right reason, You'll sort out your marketing, it'll sort out, you know, your branding, everything that you need to work through. It'll guide you through step by step. So if that sounds like something that would be super duper helpful to you, don't miss the opportunity to join us next week. Wednesday the 12th Australian time through to Friday the 14th is when membership will be open. If you're not already, head on over to thrivercircle.com and hop on the wait list. There's a button that just says get notified when membership opens. You can pop your name and email in there and I will let you know so you don't miss the membership window. I would absolutely love to get to know you and welcome you in our tight-knit community and uh, it would be great to help support you one-on-one with your handmade business. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Hey Katie, welcome to the show. Hi Jess, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you. We've kind of connected on Instagram a little bit recently uh, and then I discovered you've actually been listening to the podcast since I think 2016, was it? Yep, 
Um, <laughs> that is when I took the big leap to being a full-time artist and your podcast kind of was my guide to figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it must have helped because you've done really well. Not that, you know, you haven't put in the hard work because obviously you have, and we're going to talk about exactly how that's happened. Uh, but it's really lovely to actually have someone on the show who was helped by the show. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. This is this is sort of a, I'm, I feel like a fangirl right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. My husband <laughs> said before we got on here, he was like, you're like, a superstar you're being like interviewed internationally <laughs> so yeah it feels, I'm I'm fangirling out a little bit oh that's so sweet thank you <laughs> well I'm sure that everybody listening will get a lot of your story so let's start at the beginning because you actually have a lot of background and education and uh, in the arts world before you kind of went full-time so can you just tell us about that story yeah um so I was a kid that always kind of knew what I wanted to do uh, in some way or another. Like when I was in second grade, I really wanted to be the first woman president of the United States. Nice. <laughs> um, and then from there, <laughs> I know you just start off for like really high and then, you know, slowly come down. No, but I always um, enjoyed doing art and, um, so throughout school I was always taking art classes and I took a lot of classes in middle school and high school. And I got one of my first jobs was at a paint your own pottery store, which is where you go and you paint ceramics that are already formed. Um, so it's a lot of like hand prints and like Mother's Day gifts and things like that. Very commercial kind of business. And then um, I decided that I wanted to go to college for art education. So I thought mm -hmm. for sure I would be a public school art teacher that isn't what I did <laughs> um, I, I went to college and I I took like every opportunity I could to like work within the arts so I taught a lot a lot of kids summer camps and after school classes and um, then I was a studio tech in the ceramics department and before graduating, I decided to apply for an artist residency, which I got. Um, and I moved to Kansas City, which is sort of the middle of the United States, to do a two-year residency. And while I was there, I was like, hey, you guys also need an educational coordinator, and I need a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I organized all their kids' classes um, and some of their adult classes and a lot of outreach with that. So that gave me some experience, um, professionally out of school. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was also, you know, I was substitute teaching on the side and, um, knowing that I wanted to like be an artist, but that to be an artist, like I wouldn't be able to also be a first year teacher. The time and the commitment of that was mm -hmm. just going to be too much. So um, I worked in the art education field, but just in a different realm. And then I worked, then after residency, I moved um, back home, which was Fargo, North Dakota. And Fargo is, you know, it's about four hours south of Canada. So much farther north, a little bit more rural. And I worked at the art museum here for a year, managing an educational program here. 
And then I decided that, you know, so like uh, nonprofits and museums, they're not like paying a, a huge salary. Yeah. I, like, I feel like at this point I can either like pour myself into this job or I can take the leap and be a full-time artist. So I was, I was always working on, on selling my work and being an artist on the side and it got to the point where I was like, it's either going to be one or the other, and I need to make a decision. And I chose to be a full-time artist. Um, it always feels like like now is the time, this is the perfect time, and then when you do it, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I start now? <laughs> <laughs> but I think the pressure of it like really helped too. Um, you know, I, I started just like reading as much as I could online about mm -hmm. how to run a business and started listening to your podcasts and other podcasts. And um, yeah, it just like poured a lot of energy into it. I still feel like I'm pouring a lot of energy into it, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's good. So you st during this time with all the other work you were doing, you were still making your own work, weren't you? Yeah, correct. So I was always like juggling like a teaching job alongside making my own work and selling my own work. Um, so slowly like figuring out what kind of work I wanted to make, uh, what my customer base was. Um, yeah. So just, it was a, a pretty slow, um, like I didn't, I wasn't, it wasn't just like one day I'm like, Oh, let's do this full time. <laughs> I've been building up to it and I had been actually collecting a lot of things um, you know, with, so I do ceramics, um, maybe I should say that I do ceramics. <laughs> I make a functional work that's really colorful and uh, full of patterns and designs. And to do ceramics, a lot of times you're working in a community studio because the, mm. the supplies you need are just expensive. Mm. So while I was working in these community studios, I was, um, I had like bought a kiln, which I had never fired. Like <laughs> I just hauled it around for five years, hoping that it was actually going to work. I <laughs> never plugged it in. Uh, <laughs> I bought a wheel. Um, you know, I made a studio space in a lot of our, we just like lived in a lot of apartment spaces. Mm -hmm. So our rentals, I'd haul water, buckets of water from like the third floor of the the bathroom <laughs> down to the garage, you know, and we're in Fargo. So it's like pretty cool. Oh, freezing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I have like my space here. There's like one plug-in in the garage, one light bulb, you know, I've got like a power strip connected to another power strip to another, you know, it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> I was, uh, I was making it work. I, I wouldn't like highly recommend it. But uh, <laughs> I was slowly building up to um, having the space and, and the time that I have now. Um, mm. So it wasn't as big of a leap as it may have seemed. So did it feel like a natural evolution? Was it kind of like you felt like it was the right time to make the leap? Or was it like, I can't not make this leap now because if I don't, when will I? Yeah. I think both. Um, mm. At the time, I didn't have any children. Mm -hmm. um, it was like a year into being married. So like we were very newlywed still and everything. And, um, you know, I talked to my husband about it because I knew that it was going to be something where 
it probably would need some support of his mm-hmm. to get it going. Um, and he was like, you know, we're fine. Like we, we don't need to be making a lot of money right now. If you don't do it now, when are you going to mm-hmm. do it? Are you just going to wait until you retire and then spend your, your time doing it? And I knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I also mm-hmm. know that I know myself and I'm like pretty motivated and pretty organized. And like when a challenge like that is presented, I'm, I do try my hardest. Mm-hmm. So I think knowing myself and like knowing that, that I, I, I thought I could do it um, was also like a big part of it. So during this and I know it's during everybody's journey, we all have challenges. What would you say have been some of the biggest challenges so far? Oh, man, so many challenges. <laughs> um, so one of the biggest challenges with me was I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in ceramics, um, and then I also got a Bachelor of Science degree in Art Ed. And when you go to school for art, there's um, there's this idea that's like put on you that like everything you create has to be like pretty profound and have like a lot of meaning and mm-hmm. um, you spend a lot of time on it. And as far as like making a living as an artist, there, there's not a lot of emphasis on that. So um, you also don't see a lot of a lot of your your teachers and your mentors that are making a living as an artist because they have that university job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit conflicting because you are are like told these ideas in your head, like you should be making work that's really meaningful and that takes a long time, and then it's it conflicts with the idea of. Um, having a business and being able to like make enough work that you can make a living doing it. So, um, so that's always been a struggle for me is like figuring out what that balance is. You know, I, I want to make work that excites me. Um, and I, I could make work that's quicker, but I, I don't want to do something that I don't love either. So mm-hmm. this is back and forth with that. Can I just interject there because I wanted to explain your designs for people who don't aren't familiar with you. So you don't just make ceramics. I'm totally doing air quotes. You actually you you have art on your ceramics. So how do you do you actually yeah, they're, draw they're on highly them? highly decorated. <laughs> they are they are and they're beautiful. And how, do you actually do you actually hand draw the art on every single one? So what I do is so so the work I make is um, it's a slip transfer. So I'm actually drawing on paper, painting it with slip, which is just a watered down version of clay. Mm -hmm. I paint the whole sheet of paper and then I take that and I stick it onto the clay. So it's almost like a temporary tattoo. Right. Everything's hand drawn, hand painted. It just gets transferred to the clay. And when I peel off the paper, it gives this like aged peeling paint, kind of Mm -hmm. worn wallpaper look. And a lot of my designs are are inspired by other surface surface designs, like um, um, designing wallpaper, designing fabrics, uh, and it has that that print quality to it. It's very graphic. Mm. But in order to do 
this very labor intensive work, what I do is I make an initial drawing. So it usually starts in my sketchbook and it gets transferred to like a full size drawing. And then from there, I use those as templates that I trace mm-hmm. to make the small scale production work that I make. Um, so I have like a library of designs that I'm pulling from and that's helped me help me uh, figure out how to make the work that I want to make a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. It's still, <laughs> it still takes a very long time to do. Um, but it, it's given me this like catalog of images and designs. So if somebody sees a design like on a mug, but they're like, Oh, I love this design. Can you do it on a plate? It's like, I'm, I may have never made that design on a plate, but mm-hmm. it's not impossible for me to look at the design that I've designed and translate that to a different form. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's awesome. Like it's so clever because your yeah, your work is really detailed and 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 like you said, that print light quality is is beautiful. And I was just like, wow, that's a lot of work to like be hand drawing that on everyone. So <laughs> I know that is that is a good sort of in in between. You know, the whole tr- having the design tracing and that makes stuff really reproducible, which for selling in bulk and selling online is really important. Yeah, it it sort of makes sense and it doesn't make sense all the same time. <laughs> but it's like the part of the process that I'm willing to spend more time on because I want that hand-drawn quality to the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I've done things a hundred times, they're always going to be a little bit different because mm-hmm. the hand is a part of it. Absolutely. So have you ever been tempted to make simpler work just to make money you know like that sort of simplify and 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 makes it easier and quicker to produce that is a great question (laughs) (laughs) yes uh no so so what i figured out is i really like to do wholesale and the reason i like to do wholesale is because they're paying for the work up front so i feel like they have a little bit of skin in the game like yeah. they have to sell it um and i found that that has been more successful for me than to have my work in galleries mm-hmm. and my price points um match up pretty well for wholesale but because of the wholesale cut um there are some forms that I make that I only do like one color. So mugs are, are like a big time consuming form for me to make, uh, because you know, it's throwing the mug, it's trimming the mug, then it's putting the design on there, adding a handle, letting it dry, all of that. Um, and, and mugs, anyone that does ceramics, like mugs are always like, a lot of people call it like their scholarship form, like all the <laughs> other stuff that you sell. Uh, makes up for all the time you put into mugs, but mugs are like <laughs> a lower price point. So yeah. for wholesale, I just do a one color design for mugs. I don't do multicolor designs and that mm-hmm. kind of balances it out. So it's still a floral pattern, but it's like a line drawing of a floral pattern with one other color. Right. That helps keep it a little bit lower priced, but. I'm always so. I just want to say I'm always amazed by the whole mug thing because I collect handmade mugs, and I just got, I bought another one just recently on my birthday at a local handmade shop near nice. me, 
and it was like $20. And I'm like, how? How can you afford to be making this? I felt, I literally felt guilty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I felt guilty buying it because I'm like, this is so underpriced. It's, it's criminal, but it's so beautiful. <laughs> You got a great deal. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh my you God. Got a great deal. Yeah, it's just, I, you know, I expect them. And, and I guess that's, it's a problem with all, all of us in all of our industries is that p- people can go to Kmart or Target or whatever, or Walmart in America and buy a cheap mug for $2 or a cheap piece of jewelry for $2 as opposed to buying something from us for, you know, $40, $50, which is at least what it should be. Um, right. Yeah. So it's that difficulty, but yeah, it's and and I think a mug as well. Like it seems so much work. I think I've I've made one. I did a, cer- a ceramics course, and it's like so. Much yeah. Work. When you <laughs> when you've actually had to make your own mug, then all of a sudden you're like, this is not a crazy price. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a all of our dishes are actually handmade, so we have just a mismatch of dishes from all different artists across the world which is great but it it, you know it really um it brings a lot of joy to our life and it Mm -hmm. makes like the celebration of like Edie a little bit more fun even if you're not doing it in a celebratory way like even Mm -hmm. if you are just having coffee for the third time that morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's nice to have it in a cup that you really like yeah yeah Absolutely. I have different mugs for different drinks. So there you go. (laughs) So let's talk about, we talk about challenges. Let's talk about some of the successes. What would you say have been like a fist pump moment or two or something that's been really exciting that's happened in your business? When I started listening to your podcast and like still, even now, there are some times when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, I don't know. Like, is it ever really going to be like that? Like, am I ever going to work like four days a week? That sounds really nice. (laughs) It's like, yeah, maybe I should just work four days a week. I am my own boss. Maybe I should just talk to myself and and (laughs) ask if I can have that extra day off. Um, So there have been times when I've listened to you speak about things, especially, um, and they'll just be like little things that you, you think, um, you know, wouldn't be a big deal, but it's like ordering things in bulk, like mm-hmm. ordering a hundred boxes at a time. Like that seems very overwhelming when you start. And then when you get through your first bulk order of packing materials and you know that like that was a success and that's like your marker, it's like, oh, great. Like let's place that <laughs> order again. <laughs> like I'm going to use these. Um, so that, that is really exciting. It's like really stupid, but, um, I get really excited about ordering more boxes because (laughs) I've like, I've made that many orders and it's really, it's really, um, it's a big honor to like have that much work out in the world. Yes. Like sending work like outside of your, your state or your country or, I mean, that's like so exciting to know that there's going to be work of yours scattered across the globe. Um, and then just recently I, I got chosen to be the cover artist for a national magazine here. It's called Pottery Making Illustrated. Mm-hmm. So that was a big surprise and big honor to, to be on the cover. I had never expected to be um, on the cover magazine for that. So That's those, cool. I would say those are like some big fist pump moments. <laughs> 
So I love this, the idea you touched on there about, you know, getting your work out into the world. I remember when I first started out and I would like every time I'd sell to a new country, it was like so super exciting. It's like, oh, that's that country. And I love it how on Etsy now you can actually go in and look at all the countries you sold to. Yeah. Quite fun. Or just, you know, if you're selling on your own website, keeping track of that. And uh, I want to get like a little globe that yes, like pins and be like, this is where it is. Because, you know, you just kind of, you don't really realize like where your work is. And then when you are having those moments of doubt, it is nice to know, like there are people across the world that love what you do and what you're doing is valuable because they find value in it, you know? So, so yeah, I think that is really exciting for anyone. And I also love the idea of my work outlasting me, like that someone, especially like stuff like jewelry and pottery, you think yes. about it, in a thousand years time, some archeologist might unearth that and right. wonder what and, yep. <laughs> I, I mean, you think, okay. So what, so you think about, um, like anything your parents have held on to that you've made a lot of, like, I love that, you know, this is like an art teacher thing, but I love that (laughs) what kids make in clay ends up being like what your parents hold on to. So my mom just gave me my first plate that I ever made from Mm -hmm. kindergarten. And it's like that, I don't have anything from kindergarten that I made, but this clay plate, you know, has outlasted all of the paper drawings, all the handprints, everything else. So that's really exciting. But it's quite cool. (laughs) It's also a little bit like, you know, when you think back to like the work that you first started making, like that's still in the world too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it was a learning experience. (laughs) I mean, it's not bad work. It's just for the right person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel sorry for like writers and things like that who, you know, publish maybe publish their first novel or something and then 20 years later look back on it and go, oh God, what were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you want to do next? What's sort of on the agenda for you moving forward? Have you got big plans? Are you just going to see how it rolls? What's, what's the plan? Okay, so so I had a baby in January. <laughs> um, so it's pretty recent that I've gotten back into the studio. I, I started back working in the studio at the beginning of April. And that first week, I, I launched um, a shop on FAIR, which is F-A-I-R-E.com. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're – do you do FAIR? I'm not I've heard of it but I'm not super familiar with it yeah so I've had a couple friends here that are doing fair and it's a wholesale site where um, you apply to the site and if you get in um, they like they like put your whole site up for you so you basically Mm -hmm. send them a line sheet and they like do everything for you which is amazing Mm -hmm. and then you can go back in and you can like edit things but it's essentially like if somebody was to set up your Etsy or set up your online shop and it was just done for you. (laughs) Um, So I started doing that at the beginning of April and I opened it up the first week and I closed it by the end of the week because I got way too many orders. Oh, wow. It's a website where 
there's a lot of um, makers that are selling wholesale, but then there's a ton of retailers that are on there too. Mm-hmm. And it sort of feels like it's like the Etsy of wholesale. It's right. like really up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm waiting to open that back up. And I'm trying to figure out if that's the direction that I'm going to be going into. Because since I've closed it, I have a long list of shops that have contacted me. <laughs> I need to <laughs> notify when I open it back up. And I'm so, I'm just like a little bit terrified that it's, yeah. just, it's too successful. <laughs> <laughs> that is a genuine fear. Yeah, that's, you know, it's a good problem. So um, actually this week I'm going to be hiring an assistant. And wow. things, are, things are moving a little bit rapidly right now. So mm-hmm. I hope that, that it will help. Um, increase my production. Um, but I also hope that it helps clarify like what I actually want to do. You know, I do have two small children and, and I, I'm like very happy with how, how much of like, I'm making a very comfortable living doing Mm -hmm. what I do. And sometimes I think like, does it have to grow? And maybe it doesn't. And mm-hmm. I know you've talked about this on your show too. And so I'm trying to figure out like, do I want it to grow right now? You know, I, I have two small kids, so maybe I don't like, maybe I just want to spend the time, my extra time with them because I don't want to regret it. Everything goes so fast right now, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm hoping that that will clarify it a little bit when I figure out like, what is it going to be like to have an assistant? what's it going to look like to do so much more wholesale and <laughs> do I want to do that? Do I not? Um, so those are kind of the next steps for me and, and just figuring out like vacation time and time mm-hmm. off and, and what that looks like. Cause that's really important too. It is. And it's like, you've got a lot going on obviously at the moment. So obviously you started your business full time in 2016. Since then you've had two kids and you've grown your business to the point where it's very successful. How does that work? What is it? What is your time management sort of day look like? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how it all happens. No. Um, (laughs) Somehow, somehow I it'll feel happen. I like I'm on autopilot a lot. Right. <laughs> so basically, this is what I tell people when they ask me this question because it comes up a lot. And I know mm-hmm. it comes up a lot for women, especially mm-hmm. because we're told that you can't have children and be successful in business or in a, your career of any kind. Um it is hard. It's a lot of hard work, but everything I've done in my life has been very hard and, Mm -hmm. and you just put the work into it. But we're also like very fortunate that our two kids go to daycare and we have very Mm -hmm. affordable daycare. So they're at daycare Monday through Friday. And while they're at daycare, that's like my studio time. So I, I set aside that time and I'm like, I'm pretty selfish with that time. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I still like have, you know, there's like a lot of reactionary work that, that I'm, I'm working on, like not doing, uh, or not responding to, um, but that still happens. Mm. Yeah. So they're in daycare and I, I have several white, I have two whiteboards in my studio and then a giant chalkboard 
and that kind of keeps me organized. Um, my one whiteboard is, is organized by, it says like to do's, um, must do it, it's like the entire to-do list, my must do's. And then there's like calls and emails on it, supplies that I need to order. So I, I try to like work off of that whiteboard, um, daily. And I just make a lot of lists and I like to check things off. So that helps. And mm-hmm. it just to like try to figure out how to motivate yourself. I heard from somebody that, that you should reward yourself. It doesn't matter if you're like talking about, about getting into the studio and making things or um, just, you know, maybe you're working out or whatever you're doing. And somebody said like, reward yourself. Um, you know, that could be like, you only listen to this podcast while you're in the studio and, or you only get a cup of coffee if you're like in the studio and you start working. So things like that um, help motivate me too, especially when it would be nice to just drop the kids off at daycare and then go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's be honest. I'm sure you've done that at least once. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> And that's okay, as long as it's not a habit, right? No, Um, yeah, I mean, I think you have to, like, be aware of your body, too, and take care of your health, and sometimes you're just tired, and you have to take a nap, like. Yeah, absolutely, and then you wake up and feel refreshed and get on with it. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So, being an artist, are there other sort of artistic pursuits you'd like to sort of achieve or follow, or as well as the ceramics, or is that sort of all of your focus? I, so I would love it if, um, I could design other things besides ceramics because so much of my work is, is, um, pattern based and has a lot of surface design to it. I would love to design wallpaper or fabric or some other kind of home good. Um, I just recently made some children's t-shirts for the new year. So it's the year of the pigs. So I made these little, (laughs) they actually are called little pig shirts. So it's a, it's a drawing of a, of a cartoon pig and it says little pig on it. And I selfishly made them for my children. (laughs) Um, But I'm also like trying to see like if that would be something that people would be interested in because my work is very playful and cartoon like, and you know, it has this like children's illustrator vibe to it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year I was chosen, my art was chosen to be on the, the exterior of our new city hall in Fargo. So wow. it's a, yeah, there are these 12 panels that make up this big mural. It's um, it's not like my work per se, but it's the style is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the themes are around the history of Fargo um, and then the future of Fargo and whatnot. But it was really fun to see my artwork as a mural, and I could mm-hmm. see doing something like that in the future that could be really really engaging and really exciting to do yeah that's so cool I can't believe you got, you know you, you're out in the front of the city hall that's pretty awesome yeah it's like a temporary thing that they're supposed to change out every three to five years so it's mm-hmm. so I designed the work or I painted uh it was like at an inch scale and then it got blown up to 
a foot scale. So it's, they're like 17 feet tall by six feet wide. And there's 12 <laughs> wow. of them. Um, so it was interesting to see like that get blown up to that scale. Uh, but because of that, they'll be switching it out as, as the weather and the sun kind of mm-hmm. deteriorates the mural. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the business side of things. Cause I'm sure people are curious as to how you've managed to grow your business. And no, no, you're obviously quite active on Instagram. What are sort of the best marketing moves that you've personally made for your business? Um, so I, haven't done a lot of paid advertising or paid marketing. I spend a lot of time marketing on Instagram. I don't have a Facebook account anymore. I just found that my audience really wasn't there. And, and I ended up just like sharing whatever I was sharing on Instagram on Facebook. So I felt like it was just really repetitive for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I'm just on Instagram I do some email newsletters, but primarily I do Instagram and I just, you know, I try to do a lot of videos, um, or pretty regularly do videos. So I'll get on Instagram live and I'll, I'll show what I'm doing while I'm in the studio. And I, I found that that's been really interesting for my audience. Um, I think a lot of my audience is other ceramic artists. Mm-hmm. So they're really interested to see like how everything is made. Um, so I've written articles and that's helped with like marketing myself and getting some exposure and then doing the Instagram live and then just being really active on Instagram. But I would say the number one thing with like Instagram is just, um, be more generous than you feel like being. (laughs) Uh, So like always commenting back and, and always um, answering questions. I get the same question like hundreds of times and I'm sure, I'm sure everyone that is doing something similar also can experience that. I don't know. Can you say yes to that? Oh yeah. You get like the same question over and over and sometimes it can be like so irritating because you're like, well, it's just on my website. Like if you just like clicked on the link and read or like did a little research, you can figure it out. But then at the same time, like I just remember like this person is probably brand new and there is an actual person on the other side of the screen, even yeah. though it might not feel like that at times. So I just try to be as generous as possible and answer questions and always comment back because people are taking the time to reach out to you and, and taking the time to, to comment on, on your work. And, and that's exciting. And I've met a lot of really great people through Instagram, you know, living in Fargo is somewhat rural. So, so it does feel like a nice extension to like be able to be more involved with what's happening around me. Um, Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. It's like really engaging with your customers and your community. And uh, it's sort of the modern word of mouth, isn't it? Like, um, right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They always say it's like easier to like hold on to a customer than to get a new one. Mm. And there, there are certainly people who who have grown to um, 
to become like really good friends of mine on Instagram because they continually comment or message and we go back and forth and I like to see what they're up to and they like to see what I'm up to. So there, there is some, some good to it. There's a lot of like building friendships that can happen on there and, and that's what it should be about. You know, that's why you should be on it. It's, it, it can be a great business tool and a great marketing tool, but I mean, how boring is that if you're not like engaged <laughs> whoever's on the other side of the screen? So, yeah. Absolutely. So do you find, I assume you work in your home studio now full-time, is that correct? You don't have a shared studio space anymore? Yeah, that's correct. I used to haul everything to a community studio, which was about 11 miles away. So that was you know, um, nail biting at times because everything's very fragile, especially before it gets fired. And, oh, wow, yeah. um, but now I have, we, so we built a home about a year and a half ago and I designed my studio to be in our garage because, um, because it's so cold here. Like it has mm-hmm. to be connected and heated and, um, so that's been great. And I, you know, I did actually get to plug in my kiln that I've been hauling Ooh. around for five years <laughs> and it didn't work right before the holiday. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I was like, okay, I either like cancel all these orders or I just buy a new kiln. So I ended up <laughs> buying a brand new kiln. But no. <laughs> <laughs> now they both work, but at the oh, time okay. it was like, um, that was like a little that was a scary but also good business move I guess I don't know (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so okay let me get this straight 16 17 so in the last three years you have started a business grown it to basically full-time had two children built a house yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's been pretty busy (laughs) Are you looking forward to things settling down a bit more or, you know, now that your kids are both in daycare, your house is done, you can kind of focus on the business in more detail, I guess, with more time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like I said, I, I want to hire somebody soon. I'm actually interviewing this week. So um, the idea that like I can put some of it on somebody else. Um, yeah. Yeah, that feels really, really good. They like, <laughs> I just need you to help me prep things or I need you to take some photos for me or, you know, just free up your mind to do more of what you love to do, which I mean, for a lot of us, it's the designing part and yeah. coming up with new products and new ideas. So, yeah. Exciting times ahead. Um what would be one piece of advice you would give fellow makers about, you know, growing a successful business? Ah, one thing. Um, so I would say that there's, there's no secret to being successful. Like everyone's like, what is the one tip that you have? There isn't one. Like the, the one tip is like, it's a lot of work it's a ton of work. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you gotta just do it. And if you're, you just have to like know how to like motivate yourself and put in the work. But when you do put in the work, it does come back and it, 
might seem slow at first, but that that initial investment in the work and the continually growing and changing and improving and reflecting of your business, um, you do you do get it back. Like mm. it does come back and help you in the long run. So I just say, you know, just do the work and yeah. I like that. I think that's, that's really, I actually just did a podcast episode literally called do the work because I see, I see a lot of my students or just a lot of people in general sort of, they start something and then five years later they're, they're still starting. And I think in a lot of cases it's because they just don't carve out the time to do the work. Yeah. Um, there's other distractions in life and things are happening and it's not a pro- it's perhaps not a priority or not enough of a priority or they doubt this themselves or whatever. So they self-sabotage and don't right. end up doing the work. So and I think I, that- you know, I think too is like, you know, set some time restraints for the work that you're trying to do. You know, I talk to a lot of people about like, they want to, they want to set up a website, you know, and um, we're in the perfect, day and age to set up a website you literally can do it in one day and that's that's how I built my website it was one day Mm. and it's not that you can't go back and edit and change it and and do things but there are like templates out there to make it very easy and you know it connects to all your different photo apps so as long as you have that have some photos it's it's very doable it's just you know telling yourself like okay I have a day to do this like let's sit down and do it. Like you said, or let's sit down and like make an online shop, you know, even if it has five things in it, like let's try to do something that is going to have some return, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So um, do you have a quote to, sh- or to share with us today? Something that inspires you or motivates you to do the work? Yeah. So my, uh, my friend Vicky, I was talking to her about problems, (laughs) (laughs) challenges, um, you know, being a full-time artist and everything and, and trying to just decide what to do. And, and she said, I don't even, you know, like when people say things to you that are like really profound and they don't even realize it, (laughs) (laughs) she said this to me and I don't think she even knows that she said it, but, um, she said, she said, just, just take a second and think to yourself, is it an opportunity or is it a distraction? Mm. And I was like, Oh yeah, (laughs) this probably isn't an opportunity. This, this is probably just a distraction that, you know, you want to say yes to everything, but Mm. like sometimes it's not actually an opportunity and, and you should just, just keep going with what you're doing and not be distracted because Cause you know what, what will be good for your business or good for you or something that you enjoy doing. You know, you, you can say, I, I know everyone says like, say yes to everything, but don't say yes to everything. Say yes to the things you want to do. And yeah. Say yes to the things that will move you forward in the direction you want to go. Yeah, exactly. I love that. It's, is it an opportunity or is it a distraction? I think that, that is actually really a profound question to ask yourself. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to your friend for her bit of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, that she doesn't know that she's <laughs> Maybe she'll hear this and know. <laughs> um, Katie, 
where can we find you online and, and where can see, people see your beautiful work? So everything that I've done is all branded the same. It's um, Katie Miller Ceramics. And I spell my name C-A-T-I-E. So that's the only weird thing. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> it's just Katie Miller Ceramics. So on Etsy, it's Katie Miller Ceramics. Uh, Instagram, Katie Miller Ceramics. And then my website is katiemillerceramics.com. So easy peasy thank you so so much for thank taking you. time to come on the show share your story and uh i'll be i'm excited to see where you go next what happens with all this wholesale and hiring and it's exciting times yeah i i'm excited too maybe some big store will pick me up <laughs> <laughs> anthropology anthropology where are you come on yes uh anyone listening from anthropology <laughs> your stuff would fit perfectly in there again is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be that would be amazing i would love to work with them i'll have to tag them when i when i uh <laughs> when i put your show up it's Actually, like hey anthropology yeah, Check right. out this woman's work. She would be a perfect fit for you. Oh, that'd be great. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just ask for a 10% cut. That's all. You know. Yeah, just work your magic, Jess. I'm happy to throw a little bone your way. Or maybe just a mug. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Those expensive, time-consuming mugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Katie. It was so much fun to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks, Jess. Huge thanks to Katie for coming on the show. It was a blast to talk to her and share her story with you today. Remember, if you want to join me in my educational hub and community for makers, head on over to thrivercircle.com and pop your name on the waitlist to be notified when membership opens for a very short period of time. I only open membership four times a year for a couple of days at a time. So don't miss out on this opportunity to join us and really get your year re-kickstarted. It's the middle of the year. It's a perfect time to kind of kick things back up into gear if you've felt like things have gotten a little bit lost or you're not quite sure which direction to take with your business or you're not really sure what to do next the circle will help you figure that out so come on over and join us thank you so much for being here with me again for another week it's been an honor and a pleasure to help you on your handmade business journey i'll be back again next week with another episode and goodbye for now